The Truth News Network. Where do you begin? Seriously, where do you begin to understand what's happening in the last 18 months? Life in this world is beginning to look like the director's cut of Lord of the Rings. Indescribable torment, tyranny, and it just never ends. Okay, let's take a moment. Separate fact from Hollywood. For that, you need the truth. DNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to 2023. Here we go. How often are you going to mistakenly uh, fill out a check with 2022 written in or signing and dating a document and you put the date will be January as an example today, January 2nd, 2022. It always takes me a little while to get going. I'm a notary. And so when I notarize documents, the date of the notarization is really critical. Many times I've gotten in trouble because I did a document and signed it with the wrong date. And that in court will invalidate some of the terms and conditions of that document that uh, I incorrectly signed and notarized. Yeah, I made a mistake. Or two or three. I've been a notary since 1976. And in Louisiana back then, when you became a notary, your commission was for life. So as long as I'm breathing, I'm a notary public. Hi there. I don't know what that had to do with today. It was the date. The date got us. How much baggage did you leave behind you in 2022? How much controversy? How many unfinished things are still there? And if you don't get them out of the way, it's going to haunt you. I think we all can say, if we're honest, yeah, I didn't get everything done last year that I wanted to get done, and I left out some pretty important things. You know what? Here's a suggestion for getting the year off right on a positive note. Don't forget about those things that remain undone, but don't let them get under your skin. If they're that important, and they still are on January 3rd, Come up with a process to go back and handle them, maybe thinking it through a restructuring plan. But if it's if it's something that really needs to be taken care of, don't let it linger out there. Start 2023 by making decisive decisions and forgetting about the looking in your rearview mirror and going, oh my God, what's going to happen now? All of us, from time to time, We act that way. We make those kinds of decisions. Let's don't start the year doing that. Let's just look at what's right in front of us right now and plan on getting a good plan, a quick analyzation, a thorough analyzation of what's in front of us. How should we get through it and how are we going to get through it? And then just hit the ground running. I think if we would not just do every year that way in the beginning, If we do every month that way, the first of the month, every week, the first of the week, maybe Sunday evening, getting prepared for the week, and then today, every day, try it. I promise you, if you try it, you're going to end up liking it. How do I know that? Personal experience. I'm one of you guys. I don't know everything. 
I know somebody who does know everything, and it's God. I've kept my uh, life clean with God, and I trust him, and I encourage you to do the same thing. We've got a big show today. You're going to enjoy it. Sitting in a traffic jam, 11.52 p.m., just a few miles south of Cincinnati, Ohio. I take my pen and start to write the thoughts that fill my head tonight. Nothing terribly profound, just these simple words that keep my heart anchored down. Keep my restless heart anchored down I do, I do, I do, I do believe I know, I know, I know, I know it's true Yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do believe Lord, I believe in you I believe in you Confusing times, the skeptics pose and as a wise, it's hard to see the light through all the shadows of the doubt. But you keep seeing all the while, it takes the vision of a child looking through the eyes of faith to see reality. So once again, I will say, I believe you're the light, you're the truth, you're the in that song start your year that way I believe I believe everything's going to work out good in fact the Bible says everything does work out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose what's his purpose change your world 
bring your world the consciousness of God and his plans for all of us and just learn how to trust him. I got to pause right here. Um, Some of you, many of you know that my mother-in-law has been on a spin down. She's 97 years old and she's had late stage dementia. I don't know that it was full blown uh, uh, dementia all the way, Alzheimer's. And she struggled to deal with it. Our family struggled to deal with it. And as always, it takes a big toll on her health. The last couple of months were not good for her, and she is with Big Boy, her husband, my father-in-law, and her oldest daughter, and a bunch of other relatives and friends in heaven today. She passed away yesterday. Hazel Tyler. Mama is what everybody called her. If you didn't call her Mama, it meant that you were a, a cousin, a friend, a, a brother-in-law, whatever, and you just simply called her Hazel. So let me just do this. Let me do a kudos right now for my bride. I can't tell you how strong she's been through this. It was a, a long spin down. My mother-in-law in her DNR, she wrote it and made it very clear when she got in a situation like she was in for several months. If she refused food, if she refused water, she forbid anybody going against those wishes. She didn't eat, and she didn't drink water for 17 days. Now, a lot of people get really upset with that. And it just sounds like, oh, you starved her to death. Let me tell you biologically how it does. Our body sends out signals when it's time to drink, when it's time to eat. And if we learn to trust those signals that happen all the time with us, many of us don't hear it, and I'm probably the biggest offender, especially when it comes to eating. But if we let our bodies, if we trust nature, you'll get the right way to do things. If we listen, we just don't listen. And even if we listen, sometimes we don't take the right actions. My wife, her oldest sister, her youngest sister, our two daughters, they were with Mama at least for the last three weeks, 24-7. There was somebody with her. Much of that time, she wasn't cognizant of very many people She didn't speak. She mumbled there for a while the last couple of weeks, not even that. But they sat by her bedside, holding her hand, singing to her, playing gospel songs that she liked, and even some sermons. You know, she was a great woman, and she raised some great daughters in her family. She really did. Mine, I think, is the standout. And I want to say what they did in this last two or three weeks, a month, they've been all up into Hazel's last two years like never before. It didn't just sound or look like they were doing good stuff. What it did was it confirmed to anybody that didn't think these women had a lot of substance to them. Their actions dispelled every bit of that. They're all heroes. 
And in my opinion, the number one hero in the group is my bride, Marianne. Marianne, you're, you're a, a powerful person. And I just applaud you for what you did and what you're still doing. We don't even have the funeral services finished today. They're meeting today to get those worked out. But she and her husband, until he passed away, big boy, back in 2008, they were in First Baptist Menden, and they didn't just go to church. They were involved in it, a really big church. She was a greeter for all those years that she was there, and she was involved in all kind of ministry outreach. Just a good situation, and they passed that heritage down to their girls. I'm just blessed to be in that family. Strong people, very strong people. And I've told you this before, and I know she's listening right now, so I hope she doesn't get mad. The only thing that is negative that flows through every member of that family is if we don't talk about it, it's like it's not there. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everything comes full circle. Everything has a cause and an effect. And no decision we make ever gets through that without being part of that process. And so they now, because those four girls have significant others, Marilyn, the oldest daughter, died of uh, breast cancer several years ago. The remaining ones, they have significant others, and they're all learning now, wow, that was a, uh, a Tyler family trait. That's the way we always did it. If it was like if there was something bad going on, and I'm not talking about really serious stuff. I'm talking about things that are important, but they're not you know, catastrophic. They put them over in the corner (laughs) instead of opening that deal up and getting it discussed and resolved. That's the only thing that I can come up to, to say that may have been a problem in that overall family. I guarantee you many, many millions of people would kill to have that said about their families that only one thing. And so, I'm telling Marianne, thank you. Thank you for living the life that you live in front of our family, our friends, our extended family, and especially our children. Uh, and and what our all the girls did regarding Hazel, it speaks highly about what Hazel lived in front of them that they're living now in front of their kids and family, other family members. Those kind of things don't just come accidentally. We have to make choices, make decisions. And I'm thankful that the women in the Tyler clan made the right choices and are living that life, just like Mama wanted them to do. And she loved her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. I mean, desperately loved. And on the most part, we have everybody in our family living right around us within 20 or 30 miles. And so she was involved in all of those people's uh, uh, things they got involved in. Football, soccer, baseball, whatever. When she could, she was there every time. She loved those babies. Hazel Tyler, she's in a much better place a much better place, and she's not dealing with dementia anymore. Thank you, Mamaw. 
Thanks for who you are, what you imparted into all of our lives, even the guys in the family that married your your daughters. Thank you for living the life that you did in front of all of us. Now, I want to launch into the the day-to-day. I want to mention this one thing. If you... If you don't regularly read the front page stories of truthnewsnet.org, if you've subscribed and we have thousands of people that have, we don't sell anything. If you subscribe, what you do is go to the front page right down at the bottom right. You just put in your name and email address. We never send you mass emails. We never try to sell you anything. We don't misrepresent or even represent anything outside of our immediate family here at Truth News Network. All it means is that every time a new story is posted during the night, you'll get an email that has a link in that email that you can click on and it'll take you right to that particular story. You don't have to remember, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to look at truthnewsnet.org this morning. If, if I don't do it right now, I'm going to forget about it. No, it just helps you remember that. And I want to thank all of you that have been a part of that. But if you'll look at the story today, Title of it is Facts of COVID-19 Vaccines Contents or Release, and they're not good. Now, what is this all about? The contents of these vaccines. I'm not going to go into um, the whole schmeal with you here. I'm going to challenge you to go to the, the article. Facts of COVID-19 Vaccines Contents Released, and they're not good That title is self-explanatory. But in the middle of it, one thing that uh, for months and months was thought to be real, but science, quote-unquote, Fauci science, would not confirm it, wouldn't even discuss it. Something mysterious going on in the bodies of old elderly people that took vaccines, that had the vaccines done, when they died. It's not every case, but in a large majority of the cases, the embalmers, when they went to embalm these people after they died, they couldn't get the fluid to go in. And when they investigated what was going on, you know the rest of it. An elastic, stretchy kind of thing was what the blood was. And it morphed into that. That may have been part of death, we don't know. I think that's still under investigation. But a guy from Alabama, Richard Kirshner, an embalmer, a funeral director, was the first one that began to talk about this. He was very quiet about it. He didn't get out front screaming and hollering, and he's not a scientist, but he's a funeral director. So, you know, when he saw it the first time, it was no big deal. Second time you know, raised eyebrow, but it started and all of a sudden he had a dozen and he lives in a really small town in Southern Alabama. So we heard about Richard, uh, Peter from California, who's a regular, a good friend of this show and been a longtime friend of ours. He, uh, he recommended me reaching out to Richard, which we did. We set up an interview with him and, this has gone national. And within a couple of days after we did the, the interview with him, he started showing up on all the network shows, 
Uh, people were interviewing him, publishing stories. And that's pretty much what you're going to see if you read the story today. But down at the bottom of it, you'll see there's a short edited video of my interview with him back in September. And in light of all of this, knowing that because mainstream media wouldn't talk about it, didn't pick it up, therefore they didn't even discount its validity, they just refused to talk about it. They're not talking about it now, but the facts, and when I say facts, the scientific facts are out. They're buried in that story. You need to go read it. But I thought I would just play for you just a few minutes of that interview. The first interview that Richard Hirschner did when this whole thing began to unfold. You found something very mysterious all of a sudden. And so I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions about that. I want you to explain what you found. Yes, the... Uh the stuff that I've been finding, it uh, kind of started um, kind of slowly, I think, because the in- the clotting issues was on the increase. But about May or June of last year, I really noticed something was very different. It wasn't any longer just about normal clotting, was it? It was no longer about normal clotting. It was about these clots that were so um, together that you could pull them out in long strands. And they had a white fibrous tissue running along in it. And then sometimes it came out just like a white fibrous tissue just by itself. Did you have any, I I know you were shocked because I don't think you've seen this before, but did you have any idea of what was going on? I'm sure you analyzed where these bodies were coming from. Did you think maybe something's going on, some kind of disease or whatever in that particular area? I I mean, in your business, again, you've been doing this 20 years. Right. This must have floored you. Well, it did. Um, And I became concerned because this strange clotting was coming from a variety of different bodies. And it didn't seem to matter whether they died of old age, if they died of a heart attack or a stroke or a cancer, they all were starting to exhibit a unique pattern. And so I was thinking something must be wrong. Something's causing it. And uh, in the beginning, you know, we just was getting through the COVID thing. And I thought, well, maybe there's something to that. But as time went along, I was beginning to get concerned that it wasn't COVID because some of these people hadn't had COVID. Um, But then I started asking questions about the vaccine status. And often I would find out that they were vaccinated and what, that's what, what started per- really tipping me off to the vaccine. And I can't prove that it is sure, but it seems like there's a pattern there. Okay. So you're in, um, the extended medical field. I'm putting it that way. I know, you know, doctors and I know in yes. your business, you guys are very close. As a matter of fact, This whole thing, this specific kind of thing, broke over in the UK by Dr. Lundy, right? Um, I'm not sure. 
I I heard about him. In fact, I carried a story here, I guess, a year and a half ago. And we reached out to try to connect with him to get him on our show. But the, I, I said that to say this. This is nothing that's brand new. But it's kind of been kept quiet. It, that, to me, when I, when I really began to think through the process, this is something pretty significant. I mean, when people's blood becomes elastic and it's not normal clotting that's happening and you find that over and over and over again. I'm sure you raised yes. the alarm with some folks. Who who did you pull into the conversation about this? I'm just curious, not asking for names. Well, yeah, I, and I won't give names. Um, so we are not necessarily totally connected with doctors as, as you might think. Um, as funeral directors, a lot of times they have to wait for the doctor to fill out their death certificate portion. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's not like we're on a, Hey, the, Hey, you know, what's up, Bob, you know, let me talk to you about this. Um, but when I started seeing these things, um, I started raising questions and I was asking fellow embalmers, um, people that I know that are corners and because there are some corners that are in the business as well. So they're embalmers too. And none of us, none of them have seen this stuff. I started taking pictures in late September because uh, nobody was understanding exactly what I was seeing. And I couldn't describe it to them, so I thought, well, pictures, the next best thing. Sure. And uh, what were their comments when they saw them? <laughs> Shock. I can only imagine. Shock. I showed my personal doctor when I only had three pictures on my phone, and he called another doctor into the room just to show it to that other person. And... Hmm. He was like, that looks like a casting of the vascular system. I said, yeah. And then he goes, well, the CDC says that the vaccine is safe and effective, and I recommend you get it. And I was like, I think I'll pass at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately for many of us, um, we didn't swallow the Kool-Aid. And I won't take you into a long conversation about pro or anti-vax, But what I told the folks when I introduced who you were at the top of the show, I told them that this whole vaccination thing, a lot, in fact, most medical doctors in the United States were really concerned with the fact this vaccine stuff, starting with Pfizer and Moderna, it was pushed through the normal process of making sure a vaccine is correct, is safe, does the job, a bunch of human trials and testing, and none of that happened. There were a lot of them that expected some of the stuff. I don't I don't think I heard anybody talking about this being a, a possibility coming out of a vaccination, but a lot of other things have happened, and there is so much misinformation out there And I know you want to find out what it is, and you talk to your fellow embalmers and funeral directors, and they haven't seen this or haven't noticed this. Who do you turn to to get more information? 
Well, um, I was put in contact with uh, Dr. Jane Ruby, and she saw the images and did an interview with me. And that is what broke the ice. I've had other interviews with different people like Steve Kirsch and um, Daniel Horowitz. And oh. what's happening is now <laughs> I've had so many actual doctors call me and discuss this stuff with me. They want to know more. And now I've sent out samples to several different doctors. And hopefully we're going to get some lab results to figure out exactly what this is. Because my thing wasn't to try to pin vaccinated against unvaccinated. Sure. It's simply to find out, hey, something's going on. It's affecting a lot of people. I can't prove that these clots are killing them, but I'm sure it's not helping them. And maybe it's an exa uh, example or maybe it's a uh, an underlying issue that's causing all these adverse reactions. I don't know that. That's for them to figure out. I would have thought, and most Americans now looking back over their shoulders, thought that when this vaccine was put out, endorsed by the White House, the CDC, everything had been tested and it was okay. Um, it's not just this. And we don't, like you said, we don't even know about this and what it is and how it impacted anybody or even if it had anything to do with the vaccines or the bad vaccine adverse reactions. 120,000 plus Americans died, according to the CDC, in uh, at least uh, that many died with reactions of different sorts to these vaccines. I think the thing that most everybody that's listening in right now, and we have a big audience, they knew you were coming, or people are wondering what the heck is going on. And you don't know. My doctor doesn't know. We don't know which doctors do, if anybody does. But what we do know is there's something that's unexplainable that we Americans need to be explained what it is. And so I know you sent some of this off for some lab testing. I'm not asking for when or who or whatever. I'm going to ask you this. When you get that information, if it includes anything that you can put your finger on and say, hey, here, here, maybe it's one, two, three, the three different things that might be and the causation and that kind of stuff. Would you come back and give us all of that information? Of course, I, I would be happy to. Um, there is kind of a consensus of, you know, what's causing it. They're believing that it's the spike protein is causing this inflammation throughout the body. And, you know, until they do the lab analysis and really dig deep into it, I think all of this is speculation. Sure. The one thing I have been told is that this is not blood. So, therefore, what we've been calling blood clots are really not blood clots at all. Now, that's scary. That's scary. It, it is, because the only thing in your 
and, and the only thing in your vascular system should be mostly blood. And you would think that a, a small volume of a, a vaccination jab in your arm certainly doesn't include enough volume of anything that could do this unless something's going on with what is going into those bodies. Uh, President Biden, COVID-19 mm-hmm. positive for the second time, double vax, double, um, he got the after shots, whatever they want to call them, boosters, or, yeah. and, they, and they don't boost. And so you put that in the context of what you're talking to us about here that has been found, and we don't even know what that is. Uh, we broadcast a segment here last week of about six different speeches. President Biden said in every one of those, you will not get sick if you take a vaccination. You will not die. Right. And if you don't take the vaccination, you're going to get sick and you may die. And that's when he was calling it this whole pandemic is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And now we have all these vaccinated people that are getting COVID again and getting sick, real sick on other stuff. I'm sure you're. You know, I'm glad that. you bring that up. I, I, this is, you know, this is speculation. It's kind of my feeling. Um, it seems like the powers that be are trying to separate us, whether it's through politics, race, gender. Now it's vaccine against the unvaccinated. Yeah. And as this stuff comes out and we find out if it is the vaccine, then then they, I think they're going to try to get the unvaccinated to hate the vaccinated. And I, and I believe that the, the real answer is we need to come together as a people because we're all in this world together. That's Richard Hersman, a funeral director from Southern Alabama that back, gosh, I don't even remember the date of this, but it's months and months ago when it appeared and all of a sudden embalmers were finding these, whatever you want to call them. He he called them stringy elastic substances that that's what the, the blood in their bodies morphed into. No answers. And that was months and months ago. And it's still being discussed and talked about. And whoever the so-called experts are, and I can guarantee you, the scientists that are in Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, that were all part of this vaccine development, they know this. They saw this. And yet, nobody stepped forward to warn the American people about it happening. We're several years into COVID-19 and COVID vaccinations. And very few of our answers, our our questions, have been answered by the experts. Dr. Fauci, the CDC, the NAIAD, the NIH, they'll give you some kind of response. Very seldom do we get real answers. And so the questions, they just keep going on. The answers still not getting the facts, the truth. And I got to be honest with you. I think it has a lot to do with those in this administration and even many that were part of the Trump administration that were cloaked. We didn't know that they were hardcore leftist sycophants in disguise. Those people, because of the positions in which they 
serve or served. And you're going to hear from Ron Klain. He's Obama, uh, uh, excuse me, Biden's right-hand man, chief of staff. He's going to talk about some of this stuff. And it'll make you understand when you hear what he had to say about our economy and the last year in the Biden administration and the successes that Biden has had as president. And you're going to listen and you're going to go, my gosh, where's this guy getting the information? He's the chief of staff. He's the one that controls everybody that gets into the Oval Office or gets on the telephone with this president. There are millions of Americans that had subscribed to that thought process. It's sad. It's unrealistic. And I used to I used to sit back and for those of you that have been part of the show for a long time, you heard me say, we're going to get through this. The truth is going to be outed and everybody's going to see it. And the American people are not stupid. They're going to turn and we're going to get rid of all of these obstacles to get to the real facts. In my entire life, I have never seen that be totally just stopped. The people that control the information, the truth, the facts, they won't tell it and they won't give it to somebody else to tell. Speculation about what I'm going to say, there's something very sinister that's underneath all this. And it's now beginning to come out. If you haven't yet, read that front page story at truthnewsnet.org. Facts of COVID-19 vaccines, contents released, and they're not good. The story even goes into some of the specifics in the COVID-19 vaccines that'll blow your mind. I'll tell you what we're going to do. When we come out of this break, we're going to right now, we're going to go straight to that interview with Ron Klain, Chief of Staff of Joe Biden. You don't want to miss it. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery. So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie? Yep. Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists, Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in. After you check in, your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. I pass through the trees. 
I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out together. Again, Dan Newman. President Biden spent a lot of time outside the White House. I think everybody can understand that. Um, Where was he? Well, he's got four or five vacation homes. We know about that. His principal residence is in Delaware, so he spent a bunch of time there. But he went a bunch of other places. So how much how much actual time was he away? How many trips did he take? Listen to this. 40% of 2022, 40% he spent at his home in Delaware. 40%. Also included in that 40% is the days he was at Camp David and his other vacation destination. So what does that mean? 60% of the time, he wasn't working. Well, he'll tell you and everybody else will. All presidents, they're on the job 24-7, no matter what the zip code is where they are. I get that. But listen, he's no different from you and I. When we have a job, and even if we can do that job, not being on the job site, the office, or whatever it is, if we can do it remotely, we are not going to be as effective as we would be right in the middle of it in the office with all the information, all the documents, and all the people that are involved that it's sitting there looking at us, which is what happens not just for Joe Biden in the Oval Office, but every president in the Oval Office. Here's the, I guess, the, uh, the conundrum in in what I'm telling you now, 40% out of the office. There's a lot of negatives that go along with that, but one of the chief negatives is the Biden administration is not keeping records of people that visit with Joe Biden in those 40% of last year when he was either in Delaware, Camp David, or other vacation sites. We don't have any idea who it was. We don't know if or whatever kind of work he did while he was gone those 40% of the days. There's just absolutely something wrong with that. Ron Klain, who you very seldom see on television or hear much directly from him, he had to come out and take a victory dance. Literally, a victory dance for all of the Biden administration's accomplishments in 2022. Here's Joe Conza and a couple of other people. They're analyzing Joe Biden's real job and his success last year. It's been a big year for us at the Biden-Harris White House. President Biden delivered on his promise to get things done in Washington. He got over 250 bills passed. They lowered prescription drug costs. They lowered health care premiums. They brought down your energy costs. They reformed gun laws for the first time in 30 years. We've made Made in America not just a slogan, but a reality. 
a record number of manufacturing jobs, over 750,000 new manufacturing jobs right here in the USA. It is a good job market. It was a good job market when the president was inaugurated. Sure. When he was inaugurated, we had a high growth, low inflation economy. Lately, mm -hmm. we've had a slow growth, a low growth, high inflation economy. Uh, Joe, what does this uh, mean as you assess the Biden year that's been? Well, James, apparently in Ron Klain's world, quantity is better than quality. In other words, oh, we passed 250 bills. Oh, we lowered your energy costs. Well, that's funny because I just got my heating bill from the past month, and I am certain that my energy costs haven't gone down. And I know that when this president took office, gas was at $2.30 a gallon. It's still above $3 at this point. 23% believe that it was only a good year for the country, while two-thirds believe it was a bad year. So the perception doesn't match Mr. Klain's or Mr. Biden's reality, because when you look at this again, 2022 inflation, for the most part, above 8%. And we have the White House twerking over this because it's come down a little bit, even though it was 1.4% when this president took office. Crime has gone out of control in cities like Philadelphia, which set a homicide record. Portland, which set a homicide record. Minneapolis, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, not good situations there. And you're seeing the exoduses happening from states like California, New York, and Illinois to places like Florida and Texas. So when you look at the overall report card here, when you look at the border especially, and when you look at education where our kids are falling further behind the Chinas and even the Estonias of the world, you can't give this president a good report card when it comes to looking at 2022 in aggregate, no matter how many bills have been passed. Okay, I, I gotta speak up for Estonia, but also, uh, Congressman, uh, I'm with Joe, and I think probably a lot of your constituents that the measure of success for you and your colleagues should not be the number of bills you pass, the number of burdens uh, you put on the American people, but I wanna ask you specifically about the economic burden or, or how Washington has added to it this year. I've been kind of clinging to this hope that the tax hikes were not as big as they might have been during the Biden first two years. In other words, that 2017 Trump tax reform, I think is largely still intact in terms of a competitive tax system. But I'm looking at this graphic from Americans for Tax Reform, a lot of tax hikes on energy included in that Inflation Reduction Act. And also in the omnibus, uh, some business expensing things. This gets a little nerdy, but I'm wondering, do you, how worried are you that this, the, the sum total here is a drag on growth next year? I'm real worried. He's done so much unbelievable harm already. This is going to hurt even more. Remember where we were, and Joe just you know laid it out. I mean, we had a good economy. People that originally were at the lower end of the economy gained the most. Their income went up the most. People were doing well. We have the lowest level of unemployment, and we had real employment, not only based on numbers that were uh, fake, but numbers that were real. Um, we had an economy that really worked the bottom line is where we are right now there's only the only thing that this president can get an a in is the number of times he's flown into delaware the number of times he's taken a vacation and the number of ice cream cones he's eaten there you go that's an analysis joe consa and that congressman and i think it's right on i think ron Klain lives in uh somewhere that's not on the planet because everything he promised was not good, and very few of the achievements meant anything. Yeah, he got a few things done, um, but nothing significant that I can even point to and say, here's a victory. 
for Joe Biden in 2022, other than keeping the Senate in November. And by the way, that's not in the 2022 fiscal year. Fiscal year begins in October. And speaking of that, how great is a president in the United States that in just 90 days, listen to these numbers, since October 1st, that's the beginning of the uh, 2023 fiscal year, 575,409 migrant encounters at the southern border. The Border Patrol is who gave us these numbers. 177,818 were expelled pretty quickly under Title 42, but 397,591 397, were released into the United States. And Ron Klain was taking a victory lap. We won't go into my feelings about anybody that refuses to enforce a law on the books, that matter if it's federal, state, or local. If the people's representatives pass a bill and it's signed into law, every every politician, when they take their oath of office, wherever they're going to be in office, They swear an oath to protect and defend the people of the United States and the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. This administration kicked that in the butt many, many months ago. They have no intention. Joe Biden wants the southern border being open. Something happened overnight. It kind of illustrates a little bit about Joe Biden's um, lack of of enforcing the law that he said that he would. Gunmen in armored vehicles attacked a state prison just across the border from El Paso early yesterday. Ten guards got killed. Four inmates did as well. Now, that's in Juarez, New Mexico. I've I've been across I-10 many times across southern Texas. In fact, the uh, college football stadium is directly next to I-10, right in the middle of El Paso. And on the other side of I-10 from that stadium is a big fence, a border fence, and that's Juarez, Mexico. This all happened there. It's the second or third time something this big has happened. But what it illustrates, folks, is the Mexican government is not in charge of the government, is not in charge of law enforcement. The drug cartels are the ones that are calling all the shots. They had, now think about this, an armed militia, private, nothing to do with the government. They have the same armored vehicles that the military in Mexico has. And they attacked that prison. Ten guards were killed, four inmates. Various armed vehicles got to that uh, state prison in Juarez about 7 o'clock yesterday morning, opened fire at the guards. In the middle of all this, 13 people were wounded, 24 inmates escaped. Mexican soldiers and state police regained control of the prison by late yesterday. State prosecutor's office said its personnel were investigating. The prison was the scene of a riot in August that spread to the streets of Juarez, resulting in nearly a dozen people dead. In that case... Two inmates were killed inside the prison, 
and then alleged gang members started shooting up the town, including killing four employees of a radio station who were doing a promotion at a restaurant. I don't need to tell you this, but violence is prevalent in Mexican prisons, including in some where authorities only maintain nominal control. Clashes regularly erupt among inmates in rival gangs, which in places like Juarez serve as proxies for the drug cartels. What am I getting to? The Mexican government's not running the nation. They're just not. Those cartels are the ones that are running everything to do with anything but southern border stuff, immigration, smuggling, drug trafficking, all those things are run by all those cartels. Multi-billion dollar revenue stream for them. Now, if you were Joe Biden, what would you do to change this? What would you do? If your your bathroom on your second floor in your house brings a leak and it starts, it's so bad it starts running down in the room below it on the floor, maybe another bathroom, how do you fix that? What do you do? Well, you don't go up there and start bailing water out of the bathtub that's leaking, overflowing and leaking. You don't do that. The first thing you do is you go turn the water off. You stop the flood of water coming into the house. You don't try to get rid of the water first or to move it around so it doesn't look as critical. That's stupidity. You don't do that. You turn the water off. Stop whatever is happening to cause this flooding. Joe Biden's 180 degrees away from that. I've never hear anybody ask him this one question. Mr. President, why do you refuse to enforce the rule of law? Because that's exactly what's happening, folks. He is not enforcing the laws. Worse, he's suborning those that work for him to break the federal laws that he's breaking. And they're doing it every day. No responsibility, no accountability for them. They've had a green light the whole way. The far left agenda in Congress has just been standing on the sidelines, clapping their hands every day for Joe Biden and what he's gotten done. Meanwhile, you and I, our money's worth pennies on the dollar. The the left won't, acknowledge the fact that we really are in a bad financial state right now, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's not going to get better anytime soon. We talked to you on Friday and told you your expectations of food costs going down in 2023. The exact opposite is going to happen. And it has to do in large part with the cost of transportation of our food from the real producers, which most of those are in California. The domestic stuff that we put on our tables, most of it comes from California. Food of every kind that you can think of. Costs are going to continue to climb. Inflation, 7%. This administration likes to couch that as it's no big deal. 
It's transitory. Remember that? None of that is factual. None of it is factual. The exact opposite is true. How does Joe Biden make it through another two years as president, let alone run for re-election, which he announced he's going to do it. He hadn't formally announced it, but he, he made it very clear. His intentions are to run for re-election. And you know who he wants to run against? Donald Trump. Why? Well, he beat Trump the first time. And he feels confident that he can beat Trump the second time. Why is that? Would it be because things are so much better for the American people today than they were when Donald Trump left office? Absolutely not. Fiddling with the numbers somehow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. In a world gone mad, telling the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN, the Truth News Network. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner buy two get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. We're not going to allow anybody to get away by bragging about the 12 months so far, actually almost 24 months. January 20th, it'll be two years since Biden took office. Gosh, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Nobody's going to be allowed to just continue to lie about success in the Biden administration. And we do have a House majority that are going to take authority or power in the House tomorrow, January 3rd. But we've got a lot of consternation going on there. What's it all about? A lot of people don't know this, but in a new Congress, the first thing that must happen according to the rules of Congress is they have to pick a leader. That would be the Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi's outgoing. Republicans have a very slim margin, five, five vote difference in their majority. 
which is going to be a tough road to hoe. You really need a very smart person that understands the process and that people in his party or her party trust. And it's just been assumed for years when the Republicans regain control of uh, the House, majority leader, excuse me, minority leader in the Biden years in uh, since he was elected is Kevin McCarthy of California. He was assumed to be the odds-on favorite to win the speaker's job. And uh, usually what happens, all of the details and the negotiations are worked out way in advance of January 3rd. But he is he's up against a brick wall. There are at least six members of the House that refuse, and they continually tell everybody, we're not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Now, that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal because if it goes on and on, they just keep voting in rounds. They can't even take up another piece of legislation. Can't do anything until the House Speaker is determined. So what all has Kevin McCarthy got on his plate, his plans for this year? And why don't these few Republican congressmen, why don't they support him? Just listen to what we recently found on the Twitter files. The collusion between big tech and the FBI and the intel community. Oh, you can trust the intel community. Remember those 51 individuals, Mr. Speaker? The Haydens, the Brennans. They told the American public, don't play politics. All of this stuff is just Russian false. I want to tell you that two weeks before an election, because you can trust me. Well, now we find the truth. It's clear that instead of focusing on actual threats to our country and the people, they colluded with the private companies by the way of personnel and direct payments. So is there any money in here for the FBI to pay Twitter to go after Americans? Because you know best of what they want. You wouldn't want to do that with politics. Why does the FBI want to go after them? Because they want to go after free speech, because they may be talking about politics. Those people must not know that they're putting people before politics, too. They're taking care of those people. Shut them down. Not only is it wrong, it's illegal. It is time Congress conducts real oversight and accountability in 11 days. I promise you this. House Republicans will begin that on the very first day. Now, Kevin McCarthy has got an extensive background at being in party leadership in Congress. Um, I'm not so sure. I've listened to several of the those members that are not in support of McCarthy. I've listened to them just roll off what their problems are. And to me, there's just not enough substance there to go to war, especially when You just heard some of what he has planned. They've got a line of investigations, many of which are already fully vetted. They're ready to start sending out subpoenas to get members of the Biden administration. That includes the FBI, the CIA, and even the White House in front of House committees to investigate the things that we've all been talking about for the last two years. But they can't do any of it. They can't even start any of that until they have a speaker elected. So what's going to happen there? 
What's going to happen there? Well, Jason Chavitz, you know, you remember Jason. He was former majority um, leader in, not the majority leader, but he was the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. And he's very intelligent. He knows a lot about the workings, the inner workings of how the House of Representatives runs because he was so successful there. He left on his own, made a decision. He couldn't get enough done, in his opinion, and so he moved on. He is a weekend host guy, has his own show on Fox News. He weighed in over the weekend with his thoughts about what's happening and what's going to happen in 2023 with our government. 22 committees in the House, all of them need to be involved, engaged in oversight. Now, the Oversight Committee obviously is solely focused on on those types of things. But, you know, since 1814, we've had this in place and uh, Democrats aren't going to like it. No doubt they have already started to write the press releases saying it's an overreach and these aren't legitimate and they're they're only going to uh, succumb to uh, subpoenas that are are, are legitimate, and, and no doubt the traditional legacy media will, will already start writing stories and op-eds saying that the, the Republicans are, are overreaching. The problem, Rich, is the precedent that the, re, the Democrats set in this 117th Congress. You, you know, Jason, if you look at the House Oversight Committee, and it's got jurisdiction over a whole host of issues, more so than a number of other committees on the Hill, um, what's it like, and you know the dynamic of being a Republican in a Republican-controlled House, trying to subpoena a Democratic White House. How difficult is that, and what kind of roadblocks are Republicans going to run into as they try to look into these issues? Well, issuing the subpoena is fairly easy. I did a couple dozen of them. Uh, (laughs) It's a one-page document, and the chairman has unilateral authority. You don't have to go to a judge. You don't have to go uh, get a, a committee to vote for it. I would just issue the subpoena. But as my uh, former colleague, Trey Gowdy, liked to point out, your subpoena is only as good as your ability to enforce it. And unfortunately, the Biden uh, uh, Department of Justice would be the one to enforce it. I I issued two subpoenas to Hillary Clinton's IT staffer at the State Department to compel him to come to the committee. He just didn't show up and they never prosecuted. They never did anything. But look at the speed and the veracity that they went after Steve Bannon when he didn't come before the committee. Uh, They were all too happy to get that done within days. So that'll be the big question. Will the subpoenas issued by Jim Jordan and James Comer, will they actually be enforced by Biden's Department of Justice? You know, do Republicans here have to be careful about how they divvy this up? For COVID origins, for example, you've got House Oversight, Energy and Commerce, Foreign Affairs, a number of different committee chairmen or expected committee chairmen who are already talking about looking into that. You talked about Democrats lining up press releases saying there's overreach here, but is there a concern that Republicans either overreach or don't stay in their lanes where they're supposed to when it comes to these committees looking into these issues? Well, they they have to coordinate. You you can't have, you know, seven committees doing the exact same thing. But that coordination is is fairly simple to do. The Oversight Committee has jurisdiction pretty much on everything, everywhere. Um, And you you may have one or two committees looking at some. But the malpractice that happened in this 117th Congress, 
They did nothing on the origins of COVID. They've done nothing on the border. They haven't had any oversight uh, of the Biden family business and the ties and the laptop. They haven't done any of this. So Biden hasn't had a single oversight hearing yet. Uh, and they're about to. They're about to have a lot of them. Well, we know White House officials are preparing for that. Jason Chaffetz, the former chair of the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. You heard what he said at the end of that interview. He just named, he rattled off five, six, seven, eight things that are out there. I just want, when I'm trying, I'm, I'm a thinker. Whenever something comes up that's important, at least it looks important and it impacts us all, I start digging to find out what's really going on. I honestly think Ron Klain, again, he is the right-hand man for the president in the White House as chief of staff. Anybody else that is in that support position for this president, and that includes many in leadership at the various agencies that the White House always interacts with, like the FBI, the CIA, uh, the NSA, all of the intelligence agencies. I wonder if they are purposely letting so many arrows fly that they know there's no way that this Congress coming up because the Senate controlled by, they've got the full control of the Senate, the Democrats do. So it doesn't matter what kind of investigations that uh, Jason Chavitz mentioned the Oversight Committee in the House does. Getting the Biden administration to respond and take the necessary actions that they're refusing to take. What kind of hammer do you have? How can you hold a president, a lame duck president, how can you hold him accountable? What can they do? I asked Mike Johnson that, our congressman, when he was with us last week, and he said, the House controls the purse. They have the power of the purse. Every agency, every department of government, they have a budget. And the money that goes into those departments and those operations all have to go through, initiate in the House of Representatives, which is now controlled by Republicans. So technically, they could use the money with which to operate our government and put that out there and say, if you don't comply with us, We're going to cut your budget. We're not going to release funds to you. And legally, they can do that. And I think what, in part, the Biden administration is doing is they're calling that threat right now, and we're at a standstill. Nobody's blinking. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Republicans do. Here's the problem all conservatives in the United States have. This is not anything new. It happens all the time. And almost every time when this stalemate kind of thing happens, who caves first? Republicans. They give in. A lot of that has to do with who was in leadership in the Senate. Mitch McConnell, he's feckless. He needs to be replaced. He's the minority leader. He thought he was going to get the majority spot back because a lot of people, most people thought Republicans were going to win control of the Senate. They did not. That changes the whole picture. And what it did was it strengthened Chuck Schumer, senator from New York City. He's a Democrat. And it weakened McConnell, but McConnell caves 
on far too many things rather than using the arrows in his quiver to stop some of this insanity that's being perpetrated every day. And it's not just in the Biden administration. It's across the nation. Stupid stuff is going on every day. Just when I think leaders in our government can't be more stupid or can't go further left, listen to what California did. Several crazy laws went into effect in California yesterday. Let me tell you about a couple of them. The first one, Bill 107, Sanctuary State for Transgender Kids. This law was signed by Gavin Newsom into law in September. It protects the use of drugs or surgery to provide so-called gender-affirming care to children from other states where the use of those treatments is restricted or even criminalized in some cases. It prohibits doctors from releasing information to other states, and it stops California courts from interfering in child custody over these kinds of treatments. That law will be tested in the court system. Second, COVID misinformation. This one is especially scary. It was also signed in September. It went into effect yesterday. It requires California's licensing boards for all physicians to take disciplinary action against any doctor who is involved with what they call, quote, dissemination of misinformation or disinformation related to the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus or COVID-19. The law does not take into account the fact that authorities like Dr. Anthony Fauci changed their recommendations over time. In fact, Fauci, a lot of people called him Dr. Flip-Flop. He changed daily whatever the common cause that needed to be restated, they call it, which is basically, we lied the first time, we're going to correct it. Number three, decriminalizing jaywalking. Why would they do that? Listen to this. Because of racism. This law is called the Freedom to Walk Act. It presumes that jaywalking is a racist crime. Why would they think that? Because it supposedly is enforced unevenly by the nation's most left-wing state, incidentally, in communities of color where people supposedly can't afford to pay the fines for jaywalking. The law prevents police from stopping people who are crossing the street illegally unless they're in danger. Now think about this. Excuse me. Think about this. The legislature in California, they represent a lot of people out there. There's a lot of stuff floating around, and it's not just floating around at the national level that needs to be taken taken care of. States have bunches of stuff they've got to do as well. Who in God's name would even think that was so important that they needed to craft this and put it in the law. Jaywalking is racist. And the law says police can't even stop people who are crossing the street illegally unless they are in danger when they cross. The fourth bill went into effect yesterday, allowing nurses to perform abortions 
without doctors. This law tries to expand access to abortion by allowing qualified nurses to perform certain abortion procedures in the first trimester of pregnancy with no supervision of a doctor. The new law takes effect alongside a new provision in the California Constitution passed by a referendum back in 2022 guaranteeing the right to abortion and contraceptive. The next one, number five, decriminalizing loitering for prostitution. Here we go again. The California government thinks this is such an important deal, they put it in law. This law, another by State Senator Scott Weiner, who's a Democrat from San Francisco, that explains a lot. It decriminalizes loitering in public for the express purpose of committing prostitution, which, by the way, remains a crime. It also allows, now you got a law passed now that is in effect as of yesterday in California. Prostitution's illegal, but if you're standing out front of a building trying to pick up a a, a, a guy or a mark, somebody to have illegal sex with. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not criminal for them to do that anymore. It also allows those convicted of loitering to petition courts for the dismissal and the sealing of their cases. The law aims to remove the social stigma of sex work. It also comes in the middle of a statewide crime wave. These are the most important things for the California legislature. There's one that was put on hold. It was for state control of fast food restaurants. Last year, this law created a 10-member Politburo known as the Fast Food Council, which would serve for 10 years, would set wages and working conditions for everybody in the fast food industry. It's been suspended by the courts after a coalition of restaurants that collected petition signatures sued to block the law until a referendum can be held. And here's an update on a previous Gavin Newsom signed bill. It's called the Allowing Private Citizens to Sue for Gun Violations. This law still took effect yesterday, though it was partially blocked by one San Diego judge. It allows private citizens to sue each other over alleged violations of the state's gun laws. The judge blocked the fee-shifting provision that requires defendants to pay the entire legal cost. Newsom modeled the law after a similar Texas law on reducing abortions. What do these people have to do on their jobs if what you just heard are the really important ones of the legislation that passed previously, signed into law, but the law didn't take effect until yesterday. If I was a California resident, this would make me even more diligent in finding a way to get out of the state. I'm just saying. If you weren't with us last week, you did not hear. We're going on the road in February for 10 days, going to Israel. And we started the process. Preliminary contact has been done. The show's going to be live every day. We'll give you more details about that anyway. We'll be live for 10 days. Maybe not 10 because I think there's a weekend in there. Let me look real quick. Let me look real quick. 
I hadn't thought about that. It makes me wonder. Let's see. February. It's We'll be there on starting Wednesday. So we'll have three shows the first week, and then we'll have one, two, three, four, five shows. We'll have uh, eight shows that will be live. And preliminary work has been done. It looks like we will have an interview while we're there with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who was re-elected last week. I think that's kind of a big deal. He spent a lot of time in his professional career before he got into politics in the financial business in New York. He speaks fluent English, and he's a very conservative guy politically, led Israel on two other occasions where he was elected president, uh, prime minister, and he governed totally conservative. Well, he's already gone on the work. He was just elected. He uh, yesterday slammed the United Nations General Assembly over its disgraceful resolution a day earlier calling on the International Court of Justice in The Hague to provide an opinion on Israel's occupation. Now think about what that is. That's a West Bank. It's always been contested by the Palestinians as being their land. And the court has previously, the international court has adjudicated previously that that land is Israel's land. The resolution is titled Israeli Practices and Settlement Activities Affecting the Rights of the Palestinian People and Other Arabs of the occupied territories. Calls for the court to take measures against Israel over its policies that are aimed at altering the demographic composition, character, and status of the holy city of Jerusalem. The global body also slammed Israel's discriminatory legislation and measures, including annexation. There's no place in history, none whatsoever, where the Palestinians ever had a nation, yet they have been selling or trying to sell to the world for decades that Israel stole land from them. We previously on TNN Live and also in a story, we published factual evidence that proves that the West Bank is Israeli territory. It's not the Palestinians. Israel has not extended sovereignty over the West Bank. That's a territory that it liberated from Jordanian occupation in that six-day war back in 1967 in which four of Israel's Arab neighbors attacked the Jewish state and they suffered a swift and crushing defeat. The vote passed by a majority of 87 to 26 with 53 abstentions All the Arab countries that share diplomatic relations with Israel voted in favor of doing this. Ukraine abstained after it voted in support of a similar resolution in November, prompting some, um, well, it wasn't just raised eyebrows in Jerusalem. Some people got really hacked off. Netanyahu said that the United Nations resolution would not obligate the government of Israel as is the case with the hundreds of distorted U.N. resolutions against it. Every year, it just seems like in the United Nations, more and more people 
or blasting Israel for just basically being Israel. And that's fact that's really happening that way. We're going to launch into our southern border stuff, and it's going to be different. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we're going to talk about one little bitty segment that is being ignored of those people that are coming across our border illegally and how this presidential administration is handling those. We got a whole lot more ahead. Back in a minute. Duncan is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Duncan with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Duncan. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. ABC Tonight, it's all about big cash. Here we go! And big crash. <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. To win it all. A big winner of $1 million. Then, host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Suite. On your carts! Get set! Yeah. And we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. <laughs> it all starts tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Every day you have to think of what's for dinner. Well, now Subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day. It's called Dinner Tonight. Every day after 4 p.m., Subway is offering a Dinner Tonight special, which includes two regular 6-inch subs, two bags of chips, and two 21-ounce fountain drinks, all for just $11.99. This offer is available all day long on Sundays. Subway of Kodiak. Eat fresh. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Violence, screaming obscenities, heated arguments, angry crowds, roller derby? Nah. Election season. And your voice of calm is truthnewsnet.org. Now, we're just through an election cycle back in November, but I can tell you this. This election that happened in November and its fallout, the results of it, We're going to be hearing those, it'll be new things every few days for the next two years. And of course, then we have a presidential election. And you think it's been contentious previously, especially the last couple? Oh my gosh, 2024 is going to be a bloodletting. It's going to be brutal. And I don't see any way around it just because there are so many things that are going bad right now in the United States. We could talk about the economy all day. We could talk about the southern border all day. We could talk about our relations with our foreign countries. We could talk about China. We could talk about Ukraine. All of those things are critical happenings right now all at the same time. I personally think this administration likes to keep a bunch of balls up in the air so that the focus of the American people is scattered. 
it's not really focused. It's like, oh, I'm going to think about this, now this, now this. I'm going to forget about that other first two or three things that I thought about. But I've got to spend some time later on today about that. And it just gets watered down. One of those that, if we let it, gets watered down regularly is the content of the people that are crossing our southern border and why they're doing it. What country do you think would have the most of its people in increase trying to get in the country right now? Who do you think it would be? This is probably going to blow your mind. It's China. China. They say they are economic migrants, and they have joined the global rush into our country as Biden's deputies widen the legal loopholes at our southern border. So I've got some thoughts on what may be afoot in all of this, but let me tell you the rest of it. How do they get there? The route for them to come to the United States, it goes through Ecuador and South America. Then they take buses and taxis and boats And they do this to get to the deadly Darien Gap jungle trail in Panama. That's where the United Nations helps them travel further north towards Costa Rica, Mexico, and the United States. 1,028 Chinese citizens entering Colombia from Ecuador through unofficial channels between January and November 2022, 458 of whom did so in November alone, nearly all of them passed through Nikolov, the jumping-off point for the notorious Darien Gap people smuggling route through the jungle from Panama up to Colombia in a bid to cross eventually into the U.S. According to two different shipping companies, that ship travels to the jailhead, trailhead in Panama. 122 Chinese people have bought tickets during the past week. A pipeline of 122 people per week adds up to 6,300 a year if the flow somehow stops growing. So why is this happening? The arrival of more Chinese, it reflects the growing global awareness that Biden is dangling the hope of U.S. jobs, homes, lives to ambitious young people everywhere around the globe. Whatever the huge economic and civic damage to ordinary Americans is not even being considered. For example, the number of Indian migrants detained at the border. It went from 20,000 in 2020, over 64,000 in 2022. The Filipino inflow, it rose from 46,000 in 2019 to 55,000 last year. Last year, Biden's border officials admitted 114,000 people from those two countries, regardless of the Title 42 barrier or Section 212 in federal laws that allows the president to exclude any alien. But Biden's invite is also drawing more migrants from every corner of the world. Why? Poor people are scrambling to grab their slice of America before citizens can restore their borders with a new president. The 2.4 million Border Patrol encounters with migrants in the 22 physical year that ended September 30th represented a record high. There was 
a nearly 2,000% increase in the number of Colombians that were encountered during that period compared with the previous year. Indians increased by 607%. Cubans by 471%. Russians by 430%. Nicaraguans by 227%. Overall, Joe Biden accepted almost as many illegal, legal, and temporary migrants as there were U.S. births in 2022. And he's deported fewer than 100,000 of these migrants. Our growing population of legal migrants and of those temporary visa workers, such as Indian H-1B visa workers, They're also pulling in more illegal migrants for lower-skilled jobs in ethnic districts. Look, we get statistics from our government. Unemployment, employment, percentage of people in the labor force, who's not working, why are they not working? We get all that statistical data. But what we don't know is how the Biden administration how his departments that are responsible for all this information, how they're couching it before it's submitted to us. And a lot of this just doesn't jibe with what they're telling us. So what could be the big deal of these Chinese people getting out here? First of all, you need to understand, it's hard to get into China. It's really hard to get out of China. And so we've got these thousands of Indians that are coming in. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they make that trek starting in Ecuador? How'd they get to Ecuador? I mean, it's a long way from the U.S. southern border. It's in South America. Why would they be there? Where does the majority of fentanyl on the planet originate? China. China. We were told a few days ago that the president put a travel, not a ban, but a travel stop or travel requirement for people coming from China that has to do with COVID-19. Reports are coming out of China that a million Chinese people a day are testing positive for COVID-19. I think you could truthfully call that a relapse. Don't know why, not going to get into that conversation. The one that really troubles me is the stuff that is coming across our southern border that is killing Americans. 90 plus percent of the fentanyl in the world is created. It doesn't come out of nature. It's created in a laboratory. And the Chinese people have cut deals with the Mexican cartels to take that illegal drug enhance it in many cases, put it inside things like, oh, I don't know, candy. And their targets in that case are typically American kids. But all of this is to get that fentanyl across the southern border and distribute it across the United States. Why is that? China wants to cripple us, literally, They want to take away all of our power and they're doing anything and everything they can to make that happen. One big problem that we're facing now, but it's going to be monstrous in the next months, is how much of the things that we must have 
in our day-to-day operations. We can't produce here. We're not producing it here. And the first place to go shop is China and other nations in Southeast Asia, but China principally. You know most of the medicines that you take when you go get some medicine for whatever it is to get you through the winter? Most of that is manufactured in China. So just think about how China could kneecap us if they just all of a sudden one day said, ah, no penicillin. Just think about that one for a second. What would we do? How could we respond? Joe Biden told us way before he became president that he was going to really kickstart manufacturing in the United States. It was going to hire thousands of Americans, yada, 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 on and on and on and on. Barely any manufacturing has been created. And what little has been created is overshadowed by the manufacturing operations that have shut down since Joe Biden took office January of 2020. And now that we know fentanyl's coming in, we know there's this push for all these Chinese immigrants. They're really not immigrants, they're aliens. That's according to federal law. But they changed the name to make it sound more credible and more benign. We don't know what the Chinese government involvement is in this, but I can tell you their fundamental way they operate is they don't let people get out of China. They're not out there expelling bad people. The people that leave there, in almost every case, now there are some that slip out, we know that, but in almost every case, the people that leave China are leaving for a purpose that we don't know. And the majority of them only want to come to the United States. Does that share you a little bit? It scares the poop out of me. I got to be honest with you. Just thinking about that. They have financial deals with the cartels. They're providing fentanyl to these Mexican cartels. And the Chinese can then just wipe their hands. You know, hey, it's on It's on the, the cartels now. Mexican government wants to let the cartels run. We're just going to take advantage of that. And boy, are they. The number one killer of Americans, ages 18 to 49. The number one killer. What are we doing about it? What's the Biden administration doing about it? Why, again, the illustration about the second floor bathtub that overflows. Water just floods through the floor into the ceiling of the first floor. And what Joe Biden would do in that instance, he would get a bucket and go up While the water's still running in the tub, he'd go up and start bailing the tub out. And as he went to empty the bucket, the tub would fill back up and overflow again. That's how he's treating the southern border. The only thing that's being done there is after these migrants get there, they're getting the opportunity of a lifetime. No other country on the planet has ever done that. What is that? They get transportation to wherever they want to go. They get health care. They get education. They're fed. They're housed. All at taxpayer expense. And the Biden administration will say, no, 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 no. These non-NGOs, non-governmental organizations, they're underwriting that. They're taking that. What he doesn't disclose is how many 
billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer money are being given to these NGOs to take care of Biden's quote-unquote aliens. You talk about money, you talk about freedom, you talk about liberty, all of those things are available in the United States and they're telling it worldwide. All you got to do is get there. That's all you got to do is get there. Wow. Our eyes are getting opened every day. My question, I ask it pretty regularly. Are we too late? Are we going to be able to take care of these problems? Is there any desire on the part of this administration to do that? Let me give you another example. The Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, their Houston field office announced massive seizures of fentanyl powder and fentanyl-laced pills that account for more than 7 million deadly doses of fentanyl. That's just in Houston, 7 million. According to a December 28th statement, the DEA has contained more than 670,000 fentanyl-laced fake prescription pills, more than 230 pounds of fentanyl powder. That's just in 2022 in Houston. That does deal a blow to the Sinaloa and the Jalisco New Generation cartels, two criminal groups that are responsible for trafficking most of the fentanyl into the U.S. after it's mass-produced at secret factories across Mexico with chemicals that come almost entirely from China. The men and women of the DEA Houston field office tirelessly worked to eradicate over 7 million deadly doses of fentanyl from our communities across the south, the east, and the western parts of the state. These seizures are a testament to the imminent threat the Sinaloa cartel continue to pose and our relentless determination to go after anybody that brings this poison to our communities. I, I just I can't, can't comprehend when... This drug has become the number one killer of people in that demographic, 18 to 49. Why the Biden administration continues to just go up and bail water out of the tub instead of just turning the water off. Through the last three generations of politicians in D.C., in Congress, over and over and over again, that bathtub thing has been perpetrated out in the nation and Democrats don't even want to talk about it. It's because there's no other purpose that can be uh, legitimately thrown out there is why are they doing this other than they won't open borders. They're creating Democrat voters and when that happens and they're positive the next time they get control of the House and the Senate and the White House, They're going to give every illegal that's here citizenship. Why would they do that? Well, along with that comes voting, the right to vote. That way, Democrat Party would have a permanent majority in the United States. We would, in effect, be a one-party political system country. Makes us no different than places like Russia, China, 
other socialist and totalitarian nations in the earth. Iran, just like that, where there's one party in charge and nobody can hold them accountable for anything. And we're not headed that way, folks. We're there. Millions of illegals are here today that weren't here a year ago because Biden won't enforce existing federal laws. Not talking about doing anything new. Just enforce the laws that are on the books. If nothing else, that would be a great start so that we could stop this and stop some of the killing. Meanwhile, what is everybody else doing? Oh, we're into the woke thing. And it's into our young kids, it's into our children, it's into our schools. And once again, they slipped it in in the dark of night when we weren't looking through unions, labor unions that unionize schools, public schools, and teachers. And so now we have a whole generation of wokeism where transgender actions are given to little kids, and the age for doing that gets younger and younger. And it's confusing. The strategy employed by some of these progressives to entangle kids, the most vulnerable among us, our school children, public school children, and they're the most valuable. They're grabbing them, they're just consuming them in a web of a radical agenda. The strategy is designed to cause either division or preferably conformity. Just fall in line. Just do what we tell you to do. One North Texas school district whose superintendent was secretly recording, ordering uh, librarians to remove LGBT-themed library books has been targeted by the U.S. Education Department's civil rights enforcement arm. There was a complaint filed in July, was filed by the ACLU. It promoted the Education Department's Office for Civil Rights for them to open an investigation. The complaint accused this principal of the Granbury Independent School District of violating a federal law that prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender. Now, Granbury, Texas is about an hour's drive southwest of Dallas. An investigation that was published a few months ago fueled the ACLU complaint. Investigative reporting revealed that Granbury's superintendent, a guy named Jeremy Glenn, he told librarians to remove books dealing with sexual orientation and people who are transgender. This is the first case directly tied to the nationwide movement that seeks to ban books with topics on sexuality and gender. The Government Office for Civil Rights alerted Granbury officials that it is invoking Title IX to investigate violations of federal laws that prohibit discrimination that's based on sexual orientation and gender. Principal Glenn allegedly discriminated against LGBT material in a leaked record verified by multiple news outlets. I acknowledge that there are men that think they're women and there are women that think they're men. This is what Glenn told librarians during a January meeting. I don't have any issues with what people want to believe, but there's no place for it 
in our libraries. The school superintendent later told the librarians he was focused on removing books geared toward queer students. It's the transgender, LGBTQ, and the sexually sexuality in books, he said. Now, this was recorded, of course. An outspoken conservative, Glenn reportedly told these librarians their school board was now very, very conservative and that any employee holding opposing political views better hide it. He added, here in this community, we're going to be conservative. The district has reportedly removed 130 titles that feature LGBT characters and or themes. These kind of things are happening every day. We could spend two hours every day bringing you examples of this very thing happening over and over and over again. How are we going to stop it? How can we stop it? Let me tell you what is going on right now in California. It's another bill that was passed by the California Assembly. Gavin Newsom signed it into law. Listen to what it does. This one may scare you, and it should scare you. Anybody that does the disinformation, misinformation thing about COVID-19 can immediately be fired from their job if they say anything about it, if they blast any of the vaccines or the vaccine manufacturers, they could be fired from their jobs, but worse, they can be arrested and thrown in jail. It gets worse. If the government thinks that a citizen or a person that lives in whatever place they live in California needs to be vaccinated, COVID-19 vaccinated. They don't have to talk to the patients. They don't have to talk to the parents of students. They don't have to talk to anybody. They can just do it. And anybody that intervenes in that process will be arrested and thrown into jail. Doctors, listen to this, doctors that are misinformation or disinformation purveyors, if it's found that they have done anything, spreading that word, telling patients, whatever, their medical license will be suspended by the state of California. You just think we've had a lot of stuff going on, folks. Pure insanity is breaking out across our nation. What can we do? Well, I mean, you you know it. The last two national federal elections, we've watched as there's been fiddling around with the vote tallies. Court cases across the nation have proven it, although the left mainstream media, they won't report about any of that. They want to keep it out there in the public's life, uh, eyes that there's no cheating and voting here. We can't take control of our elections make sure they're done legally and fairly. How the heck can we expect people that are elected that way are going to do the right thing? Because truth matters. You're listening to TNN, the Truth News Network.
The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now. Or later, because these Staples Everyday Price Cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These Everyday Price Cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient and take advantage of these normal, continuing Everyday Price Cuts. Thank you. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a swing. <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. I like that sound. I like that. Wow. Well, Twitter is reportedly back at it again. They've been caught. That integrity board. What, are, what is the official name of it? Twitter site integrity team, site integrity team. They've determined that a doctor named Andrew Boston, B-O-S-T-O-N, was inappropriately suspended from their platform after he cited self-reported data combined and compiled, put together by health officials. But Boston said that he received no communication from Twitter despite filing several appeals and that he believes his five-month suspension, his account was reinstated on Christmas Day, may have been politically motivated. Duh. Now, if he was in California, I told you what would happen then. The California Medical Board could take his license. He's a retired Brown University academic. His account got five strikes for misinformation. Therefore, he was suspended from the platform. But an audit by the integrity team determined four of the strikes against the account had been inappropriately applied. How about that? Boston said he had absolutely no idea why that account was banned and that he hadn't received any communication whatever on the four appeals he filed challenging his suspension, even after Elon Musk wrote the big check and bought the platform. He said, I appealed twice during the summers this was going on. I was suspended simply for summarizing data that had been published by the CDC or scientific journals. He said his lawyer later sent Twitter a stern letter regarding the suspension, and while it was briefly lifted two weeks later, they suspended him again. Oh my gosh, politically correct policies and actions, that's what America is turning into. Hey, folks, that's a wrap on the show today. Tomorrow is Tuesday. What does that mean? 
our buddy, I don't know if he's in North Carolina or still in D.C., Steve Baker. I do know this. He did another big Twitter dump on more of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and revealing more names and information about the January 6th stuff. So he'll be here in our second hour uh, from 10 to 11 or during that 10 o'clock hour tomorrow morning. Till then, hey, it's January 2nd. It's time for everybody to get into the year, a brand new one. You have a great day. Smile. Find somebody to talk to and talk and give them some input to make their lives better. We'll see you then.